and welcome back to the Dex podcast. I am your host, Dunya, and I am Systems Change Lead at the Children's Society, a national charity working to transform the hopes and happiness of young people facing abuse, exploitation, and neglect. The Dex podcast aims to amplify the voices of young people and the issues they're currently facing. So this is the last episode I'm recording for the Dex podcast and what an amazing way to end it. I had the privilege of meeting with Doreen, CEO of Elevated Minds, such a role model for me, someone who truly believes in young people and their ability to excel in life. Joining us for this conversation were five very smart, self-aware young people she works with, Sahara, Emmanuel, Ruben, Alessandro and Alpha. The main focus of Elevated Minds is to improve the well-being of young people by focusing on emotional development and leadership skills. They deliver accredited early intervention programs, mainly supporting the young black community in London who are at risk of or have been permanently excluded from school. In this episode, we talk about Elevated Minds and the Identity Project, their experiences of racism and stereotyping in mainstream school, the pressures of mental health, particularly for young men, how they have trained the police with stop and search, and finally, these inspiring young people give advice to others in their position who may be struggling. Here are some really powerful insights that stood out to me in this episode. When you're told often enough that you're no good, and when you're told often enough you won't succeed, you start believing it, don't you? Yeah. There's even people that like my age that I've seen from what I've spoken to before, like mutual friends, they've, been, mm-hmm. they've already been killed because of the whole thing going on there. Because I was friends with them, they live with me as being the same as them as well. My parents, the way we dress, the way we speak, you get judged. You get judged very easily. As soon as you step into the door, it's going to be the bad kid. You know, instead of thinking like, oh, that's a bad kid, they could dig deep and think, what's going on? Or they might be like, oh, these kids will hang out at these shops after school and hang around with these olders and stuff. But like, you know, maybe they don't don't have a family to go back to and stuff. Maybe they look up to those olders as if that is their family and stuff. Especially the the kids, the darker colour, always tend to be the ones that are stereotyped. It's like before it was stereotypes that males, they're meant to be strong, that it's not common for us to have, to have any problems with mental health. I went from being this really like, angry person all the time when I came there. But ever since like, doing this work with Uri and like, that density projects as well, I found out who I really am as well. The young people are not victims and the police are not necessarily perpetrators. That's just totally, that is more to the police force than I actually thought as well. It's not like police officers, there's some sort of some monsters or there are animals that, you, that shouldn't be treated right. That you need to still remember that they've got lives as well, they've got their feelings, they're still human. And then after working with Elevated Minds and being given so many amazing opportunities, the same teachers, like, I guess they don't even recognise me, but I've always been the same person. They said I was going to fail. Just that belief there. From coming from someone who's dyslexic as well, being able to pass the results that people were saying I'm not going to pass because I'm dyslexic. Always believe in yourself. Never forget where you've come from, but don't let it hold you back either. If I make a change in the life of one young person, then I've succeeded, haven't I?
Thank you guys so much for joining me here today. This is the first time I'm doing a podcast face-to-face, so it's really exciting for me. And I've heard about the Vapor Mind for a little while now. First of all, it would be great if we could start with some introductions. Hi, my name is Alessandro. I'm 17. I'm currently in year 12 studying music and I'm also part of um, Elevated Minds. I joined recently and I'm loving it so far. My name is Amanda. I'm 16. Right, I'm in year 12, same year as Alessandro, 12. And I do beta at science. Also, I've been with Lewis for about 3 4 years now. Hi everyone, I'm Sahara. You know, if you're thinking of Elevated Minds, I'm sure you've heard of me before. <laughs> um, obviously the face. I'm 18 years old, I'm a sixth form student completing my A-levels. I've just been offered university places at King's College London, UCL and King's College Cambridge. So uh, everything's looking very exciting right now, been very busy. And yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having us. Hi, I'm Doreen. I am the CEO of Elevated Mind CIC. I'm just so, so pleased to be here. I'm so proud of these young people and thank you for this fantastic opportunity. I'm so looking forward to the discussion. You too. I'm really excited that you guys are here. I know a bit about Elevated Minds, but I want to tell our audience about that. So, on the website, it's about, you know, there's no dream that you cannot fulfill and Doreen you've worked in the education sector for over 19 years what was your motivation behind Elevated Minds? To go into education was important to me because it was important to my mum and at school I was told and my teacher laughed at me and told me to get real when I said I wanted to become a teacher and so I wanted to prove her wrong became a teacher went through teaching went through deputy head and then to the head and when I was in the pupil referral unit what I recognised when the young people were coming in and school seemed to give up on them is that they had so much to offer they were so intelligent but what was missing was their emotional intelligence was very low all aspects of their emotional intelligence and when you're told often enough that you're no good and when you're told often enough you won't succeed you start believing it don't you the local authority was not the most supportive and also other people in positions of power could have helped with resources in the, in the crew. So I thought, well, the best thing to do then is to start my own thing. If I can't get the help, might as well do it myself. So that's what I did. I called in my co-founder and answer to write a programme, the Identity Project, that focuses on building emotional intelligence, building identity, Aligning values with actions. The Identity Project was born. The young people trialled it. And I decided that whatever we do should be accredited. So they get something from it. And um, they trialled it, fed back. We made a few adjustments. Didn't take loads out, but changed things. And the Identity Project was born. And that was Elevated Minds. That's our flagship. Is the Identity Project. And then everything else that's come subsequently is... Fantastic, and it works because we learn so much delivering the identity project. That's like interesting. So your school experience was somewhat like a teacher not believing in you. Your mantra, it seems, is actually you will never be given a dream you cannot fulfil. And my mum's always said that, Mum, and she started saying that 
when I didn't want to go back to school because this teacher who I looked up to, you yeah. know, somebody who I was I was in a school where most of the teachers, in fact, I think she was the only non-white teacher, and yeah. you dare to say that to someone with ambition. I felt she was trying to do was crush my spirit and knock me back to where I belong, I suppose, and, and how dare you have aspirations and you're black, you know. I thought, I will show you, so mm. I did. And do you feel that still resonates now with what you're trying to totally, do? Totally, 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 totally. Has it changed? Um, things have, it's changed because there are people like me mm-hmm. and groups like Elevated Minds, and you know, they, and they've learned from their own experiences and taken those negative experiences and turned them into positive things to give back to their communities, yeah. but to help young people like these achieve their dreams. It's changing that if I make a change in the life of one young person, then I've succeeded, haven't I? That's really inspiring about yeah. that. A lot of what Doreen is saying about changing mindsets, about believing in ourselves, or maybe our teachers, maybe people around us aren't believing in ourselves. So, what have your experiences been like? Do you sort of see your strengths more? I would definitely say that I've always been hard headed and like strong, outgoing, like, you know, smiley, bubbly, like, but there was definitely a point where I had teachers um, and my story, like, is similar to almost mirrors it in a sense where our teachers tried to knock me down and said to me like pipe down basically don't have these aspirations not directly like that it was more like it was more subtle I guess but constant yeah just constant like knocking down and then after working with elevated minds and being given so many amazing opportunities the same teachers I guess they don't even recognize me but I've always been the same person it's just now I've been given I guess I've been given like more of a powerful voice and a platform and stuff and now they're actually like oh wow like we didn't realize your potential I guess. You say that you didn't change you already had the powerful voice so maybe it was the way they viewed you. Yeah I think it was definitely like the stereotypical you know black girl big hair maybe bandana (laughs) like edges done and stuff non school uniform day wearing a tracksuit and do you feel that they stereotype you? Yeah, definitely. Especially the, the kids, the dark, darker colour, yeah. always tend to be the ones that are stereotyped. You sense it. Yeah, they prioritise certain students, they give certain students more energy, more attention in class. Yeah. Um, and then the best part was, on the positive side of that, was that we then, the teacher um, that works our secondary, me and Sahara Secondary School called Miss mm-hmm. J, and what Miss Jade decided to do was create a club for for Afro for Afro and Caribbean kids, black youth from right. year seven all the way to year eleven, uh, and six forms and six forms as well. Because that is the reason why I, why me and Sahara are actually at Elevated Minds okay. because Miss Jade organised um us to do the identity to project. do the identity project. She got in contact with Dory, yes. and then that was how. Doreen came to the school. How was it? 13, 13 weeks? Yeah, it's a 13 week process. It was 13 week process. Whole time. Uh, we then we got an extra GCSE for it as well, which oh, is good. Okay. So we can add that to our equivalent to GCSE. And so, Miss J has created opportunities for us She's from amazing. when I was, from when we were young. Point is, Miss J has always been open and 
doors for us and doing similar work like like Doreen mm-hmm. and to then have that connection it was just like it was it was written the stars almost so I might, so I might sound a bit my sound but it was it was meant to be yeah you see what it's saying is that Miss J believed in them yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. showed them that yeah. I believe in you yeah. no matter what anyone says you know and she's been there for me from day one yeah. that's yeah. what they need though yeah. Yeah. they're people. not asking the people guidance. to be their best friends what they're saying is just believe in me yeah. and, and some people might say it's controversial like why is there a black people's club why you know but we need it because us as a community we don't tend to we don't get the same support. To get the same support, we don't. Support. We, don't we don't achieve. We, it's, it's hard for us to achieve those levels that you know a non-black person would. would, would what know. makes this hard for you to achieve? It. My appearance, the way we dress, the way we speak. You get judged. You get judged very easily as soon as you step into the door. Just from my experience from year seven. It was just always like we'd be treated differently. Like in my form class, there was like in the beginning, before most of them got kicked out, there was like quite a lot of black people and then quite a lot of white people. If I was like sitting with a certain group of black people, it would always be us getting like told off and stuff. Whereas like yeah. the white people doing the exact sections. same thing, it would just be I've like, yeah. yeah, it would be kind of like, oh, like please get, be quiet. Yeah. The black people instantly like shouting at them, sending them out, like. Going to shadow, like it's just completely different, like initial responses. Like, label, all we want is the same respect. Do you know what I mean? The label gets carried around, you know, okay. it then becomes rumor in the teachers in the, in the classroom. The lens in which they see you is different because of the color of your skin. Yeah. You can say that, you can say all the all even, all even class. If we were so yeah. in yeah. a social class, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Arthur? What do you think about elevated minds? What's your experience been like? It's just a fight in television. Mm-hmm. I mean, I approve it. Can you know, tell everyone what it is? Yeah. Um, where students have been kicked out of school going to. Yeah. And what's that like in the Well, I'll be honest, I didn't really learn anything, but honestly, it was fun. You enjoyed it, but yeah. there wasn't a lot of learning. Yeah, it wasn't really learning. But Is that how you met Doreen? Then? Yeah, I met Doreen. It was like a playground. Yeah, I met Dorian at a field trip, but we were going to um, the Old Bailey Court. Okay. Then that's how I met from Brenda. Like, Brenda, I think we put it in. What's the identity project like? It's a bit fun. Like, I've just, like, you just write about your personality who you really are. Who you really are. So, things like what's important to you, yeah. what do you care about? Yeah. Something that uh, like, really stands out to you. Like, there's five things about like, identity that I question that like, really that like, made me think about it because mm. there's a difference between identity and personality. So, okay. Is that in the first pages of the identity project? They asked you to list five things about your identity and then five things about your personality. I think quite a few people, including myself, struggled to answer that question. Yeah. We're not quite, taught that in the so, mainstream. Yeah, so, yeah, so identity project helped to to really find out who you are yeah. and not try and be someone else and not try and imitate someone else's lifestyle to be original be authentic mm, and, I love that um, word, authentic. yeah and and believe in what you believe and that's what makes you i believe more successful that's, that's important because i think it's not in mainstream schools you're taught what to think yeah how to pass how. exams but what about how to think you've yeah. been thinking particularly 
And Emmanuel, what's experience been like? Do you feel like you believe in yourself more? Is that yeah. fair to say? When I was in school, like, when Dumi said, Nusa, young people she's met, they didn't know like, what to think of themselves, they didn't know who they was. There's one thing that Doreen said to me when I first done it as well. You can change your personality, but you can't change your identity. Mm-hmm. That one, that when she said that to me... Why did that stick out to you? It stuck out to you because when she said that to me, I didn't understand it at first. She said, the way you can change your personality is that I meant from being this really like, angry person all the time when I came there. I just always looked angry. Like, even when I'm just have a straight face, I just looked like I was angry. I wanted to... Like, hurt someone or whatnot and I was quite quiet but then I also can be loud as well my person can just switch it so I can go from 0 to 100 yeah but ever since like doing this work with Uri and like, that density projects as well I found out who I really am as well and you're not just, the angry person um, angry black boy if I may if I may because I had been here comes the stereotype again yeah. you know I had the same I had a similar situation to him when yeah. I was younger where I had to do so I had anger management. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you and you know, where does it come from? All the anger is a question that some people might answer, some people might know how to answer, some people don't. It could be from school, it could be from friends, it could be from many different things, but I also struggled at one point with, with controlling my emotions and to control my temper. Yeah. Um, and that is mainly labelled with black you. Is. That's actually a stereotype of yeah, black community. Yeah, one thing is that is that things like that some teachers don't understand that. When there's some teachers, even teachers where some of them are in my school because I've seen a few people where I've got people that I'm late to resource you right now, they're involved and some of them are in jail right now as well. Mm-hmm. There's even people that like my age that I've seen before, I've spoken to before, like mutual friends, they've mm-hmm. been they've already been killed because of the whole thing going on there. Uh, because I was friends with them, they labeled me as being the same as them as well. I would label this, that's where I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to go down that path. Because now proving them you wrong. you feel that could have been you? Well, I always said to myself, no. But when I look back now, I could have actually been in that state as well. And yeah, really and truthfully, the work I've done here has made me change and maybe not be at that where I was stereotyped to be as well. Yeah. And I've proven there those who thought I'd be there wrong. There's the expectations of what people thought you become. And then there's your trajectory completely different. I want to hear your perspective because we talked about a young black man and the stereotype. What's it like for a young black woman? Pretty similar, loud black girl, angry black girl, same things by being like sort of categorised by not just like teachers even just like other students as well I mean now looking back like can you really blame them because the way it's portrayed on the media is it, it's as if they want you to almost believe that that's who you are and stuff like anytime so you conditioning going yeah, on in our media as well whenever you watch a movie or the news it's always something negative a young black person in particular like, they're either a criminal, a rapper. How does that affect you? The only stories you're hearing about the young black community is negative. It's sad to hear, especially when you know it's not true because there's amazing young people, like, all of us. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just hoping that the more positive things I give out 
and represent it on behalf of my community, the more it will inspire other people to, you know, it's not only negativity that isn't your reality. I like, will <laughs> Thank you. You know when you see where Sahara was at school and not being believed in, but she kept going, yeah. and then made the most of opportunities, the same with Emmanuel, you know, the same with Ruben, the same with um, Alexandra, and the same with Alpha. I think it's so important that they are telling young people out there, don't give up, keep going. There's somebody out there, sometimes parents don't know what to do, but there are people out there who believe in you, yeah. you know, just keep going, you'll I find, they'll find you. We need to have these role models, we need to see people that represent us. Ruben, hum, welcome. I'm Ruben, I am 17. Journey from elevated man to start off, always getting struggle. Mm-hmm. Finally met Dory, and then after that, when my school heard that I was working with Dory, it gave me a chance to change the type of label I have for myself already in school. What was the label you had in school? It's called me the bad kid. Why have I had this all before? Once you've got a reputation, it kind of sticks in school. Yeah. In school, if the label is not removed and you're always seen as the bad kid, then no matter what happens in your future, you, you've given yourself that label as well. You were called the bad kid. Did you, did you think that you were the bad kid as well? Yeah, because it got to a time where like, I'm constantly getting labelled. It kind of just made me feel like I am. But really, truly, I actually wasn't that. You're not a bad person. Yeah. No, no child is a bad person. You know, you might be a little bit naughty or mischievous, but... At the end of the day, like most kids who are bad just really want some attention and support. Yeah. Most of the good kids are normally neglected and stuff. When I started being a bit naughty, it's because I didn't get recognition for being good. And I noticed that bad kids, so cool, bad kids, sorry. When they became good, it was all these rewards and commendations and stuff. And it's like, why don't the good kids get recognized from? Yeah. I have heard, like, in school, it seems to be like a lot of calls home when things are going wrong. There's not really a lot of like, remorse from things yeah. going well. There's a lot of tension about stuff. Exactly. But Ruben, you said that like you learn about kids, then how did elevated minds come into that? I heard a few, for example, heard the things I was doing with my basic mindset. It's changing the type of person he is. Took me in as a mature child, not that bad kid anymore. I realized that. Personally, I don't think it's easy for anyone to talk about mental health. Like, mental health can be that like, some people have mental health, it does take them time to speak up about it. But then again, like, mental health is a very common thing that's not really taken into consideration. It's not that, like, say for example, because us four, me, Alpha, Alexander, and Ruben were boys, it's like before it was stereotypes that males, they're meant to be strong, that like, it's not common for us to have to have any problems within mental health or whatnot. But if it's that say for example Doreen and Sahara, females in general are more likely to speak of her mental health than it is for males. Like girls can cry, 
Yeah. You can't suffer from depression. You can't. Yeah, like you can't suffer from anything. Yeah. You have to basically show how strong you are, how bold you are. But I think nowadays, I think more. I think nowadays it's starting to change a bit more. I think now males can speak up more about their mental health than they could before. Like let's say about five, ten years ago. Yeah, really, I think mental health needs to be should be spoken about more as well. Especially with young men, do you feel? Yeah. What do you think I think both youth and adults might not necessarily know what mental health is and what are, what are the effects or what's the reason behind not having a healthy mind or right. a healthy mental state. Because, like, for example, my father, he, he came from Ghana. I met my mum there, came to London back in the 90s, and he had a different lifestyle compared to living in Ghana. Uh, the weather is cold, there was the drugs around, the skunk and mm. alcohol, and that was together, and next thing we knew, we got sent back and he was, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm. So, again, if I mention schizophrenia, you know what schizophrenia is. So, like, in schools, mental health doesn't really get talk, talked about as much as I believe it should be talked about. People will say, oh, it's mental health week, and you know, ah, uh, but oh, how many, PSC, how, yeah, many people are really going to get up and go to a teacher and be like, miss, I think I have oh, sir, I think I have a mental, I have, I have problems with my mental health. And it's hard to say. It's very hard to come out. Why is it hard to say? Because as a young person, I mean, you know. It's hard to even recognise it yourself. It's hard to recognise yourself. And it's not like teachers alone. make an effort to kind yeah. of. You know, instead of thinking like, oh, that's a bad kid, they could dig deep and think, what's going on? Like, what's wrong with them? What's their environment at home? Do you know what I mean? Like, what are they exposed they to? The reasons behind yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they might be like, oh, these kids will hang out at these shops after school and hang around with these olders and stuff. But like, you know, maybe they don't, they don't have a family to go back to and stuff. Maybe they look up to those olders as if that is their family and stuff. Like, especially when you're young, you're going to, we're all like, still developing and stuff. So kids don't make the greatest choices and then the teachers don't help by acting like that's set in stone they're a bad kid that's their nature and like they're not going to be in anything after that rather than they're struggling with their mental health this is what happens in school and you don't get recognised you don't get the support you don't get anyone asking questions what about home if your parents recognise that there's a problem there would your parents know that it was mental health? That's the first question. The second question is, if you recognise that there's something wrong, would you go to your parents and speak to your parents? I think my mum having the experience she's had with dealing with her ex-partner, dealing with other people in her family, in both her family and friends who she grew up with, she would be able to stop if there was something wrong. Yeah. You know, but social media, like, and I've seen the effects it's had on me. And I try to be as honest as possible with myself. Especially in these recent couple months, I've, I, like, the more I've been active on social media, the more I spend time on it, the more I scroll through other people's lives, which most of the people, let's be honest, I don't necessarily care about. Things like that can affect my, my mental Absolutely. health. Absolutely, it takes away from your life. It takes away from my life. I feel like... I'm not accomplishing anything. I'm seeing the I'm seeing the flashy cars and I'm seeing diamonds and I'm seeing I'm seeing the relationships and I'm seeing the holidays and I'm seeing the money and I'm thinking, oh, 
but I'm just here at home sitting mm-hmm. down doing nothing. What, 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 what competition? What's the exact? Snapchat at the end of the day, people watch everything, but they have this hate as well. It's not like this. Even like, you know, people who watch what you're doing, they just scroll past, they're just bitter. There's always that sense of like jealousy, and there's a sense of just, yeah, it's just it's a bit toxic. It's I just toxic. feel like it's fake love. Congratulate me, contact cool. me. Yeah, cool. give me a call or speak to me in real life. Like yeah. the same people that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Feels a bit solid. Yeah. Also, what do you think? Like mental health is a big topic. Do you feel? Do you talk about that? Do you feel comfortable? Does it make you feel a bit awkward? Like yeah, something you talk about. You know, see the sort of stuff like that. Okay. Like, but like, oh yeah, I've seen people do that. Believe me. So you learn about it in schools. Yeah, Does that make you feel more confident to talk about mental health and to open up with people? Yeah, sure. Uh, some that hasn't experienced it, or no, any of us experienced it. Like yeah. a young man, do you yeah, feel like I can't be sad and I can't cry? Yeah, because there's a phrase that a lot of people will like, not to say they'll say. If a nurse crying, they'll say, man up. Okay. Do you hear that, though? man up? Yeah, but like, they're like, the uncle should be heard on the floor. You see, man up, man up. I like the like man. Then we kind of like bottle it up a little bit. It's yeah. a normal emotion to be able to yeah. cry, is it? Um, not? Like, I don't want to be able to cry. The yeah. thing is, it's not only just not being able to cry, that because of that specific thing you said about oh, someone telling them to man up, they'll sort of stop being like a, sort of like a female dog, I can say. That's why like, I'd say not only just crying, but a lot of males may not be able to express their emotions or their feelings how they feel like if they're feeling upset they can't really express that as much person so a lot of them do check tend to just get angry when I mean just make it like oh yeah they're angry they're they're quite violent and okay. like aggress- aggressive you used to be like that yeah is anger is acceptable then as a man you can be angry you can't be sad but you talk through things a lot more now don't you no. whereas before you didn't used to Sorry, the same thing for like girls. It's like you know, be more like ladylike. Like you know, a young woman wouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, of course. you know, I mean, young woman. Oh yeah, you have to be lovely and kind. Yeah, and pretty and cute. Mm. But in our culture, that is what it's like. But again, it's, it's also traditions. Mm. You know, it's also like there's certain religions as well that say that that you know the woman, the woman has to stay at home. Yeah, like it, it becomes a religion, it's not even, it's not even an option. I thought like, that, like, yeah, belief yeah. system. We've talked about mental health. We've talked about being a young black person in school. We've talked about stereotyping. I know that some of the work Elevated Minds has been doing isn't complete. Doreen, I want to start with you. We've got young people that are now actually training the police, which is huge. You've talked about it before, these sort of restorative approaches to stop search. Mm-hmm. How did it come about that all these amazing young people here are actually going with police officers, quite intimidating, mm-hmm. and they're training the police around stop and search? The idea of the restorative approaches came about because they were talking about how it made them feel and, mm-hmm. and they were so angry. And I said, so what do you want to do about it then? And um, I think it was Jim, I said, tell them. If we need to tell them and carry on and said that's not a bad idea and supposing then we created a platform for you to be able to tell them and then 
each of them started talking about what they'd be saying to the police. I think I recorded it, didn't I, guys? All of you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What would you say to the police? Yeah, yeah, if you had the chance to sit in front of an officer who stopped and searched you, and they did it wrong, they did it disrespectfully, what would you want to say? Why did you treat me like that, you know? What are you stopping me for? I answer your questions, you ignore me. And, and so they wanted that opportunity. The starting approaches to stop and search was born and it, as a result, called Breaking Barriers, Building Bridges. Because the boys felt that if they were able to tell the officers how they made them feel, then it would give the officers an opportunity to apologise, you know, to say, okay, I was doing my job and I was following this and following that. So it would give them both a chance to talk. But if the officer was wrong in the way they treated them, they'd have the opportunity to apologise and we could move forward from there. And I think that's, I mean, we're talking about that today at our new Scotland Yard. An apology carries so much weight, you yeah. know, just taking responsibility. Absolutely. In the end, the word sorry means that it's not going to happen. Goes again. so far. Yeah, yeah sorry, Ruben. Apologies give have to be meaningful. Has to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we believe that the restorative approaches um, program, that approach, would show, they would only say to after a discussion, after they're saying, yeah, I did this and I did that. And because they're taking that responsibility, then when an, if an apology followed, then you'd know that actually it meant something because they're saying, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. And so... Restorative approach, what does that actually mean? Is that the heart of it? Is it about being sorry and listening? Restorative approaches was, was uh, it, it's it's built on the restorative justice model. Yeah. You know, you've got a victim, you've got a perpetrator, yeah. you know, and you've got someone who's facilitating the meeting and you're yeah, having a discussion so that the perpetrator knows exactly how they made the victim feel. And we didn't say restorative justice because the young people are not victims and no. the per- and the, the police are not necessarily perpetrators. It's but it's, it's people in a position of power Who's, who's going at, yeah, who's going about their job often in the wrong way when they do stop and search. And so these young people are saying, this is how you're making us feel. This is what you should be doing. And so Ruben, when we do the training, Ruben shows them how to do stop and search properly. Yes, appropriate approaches or different okay. approaches to stop and search. And it, it's great because it goes through, look, they go wisely. It goes through talking to them throughout. It goes through the process of, Showing respect and treating them with dignity, yeah. you know, and saying, you're a human being. From always being attacked, not not be attacked and treated like animals by the police. Yeah. So then talking about how they wish they could speak to the police and work with the police to better how they treat them. Yeah. To then actually be in, in a room with a with a group of like of police officers who are who are who are some newly trained, some yeah. some already who have been like working for for years yeah. and being there and saying, Listen, yeah. this is how you're supposed to be treating me. This is how this is the respect I want from because I'm a human and I have my rights. So this is the respect I want. And I think that's just that's like that's just inspirational. Stories are powerful. Yeah. And when you, you talk about basic story, human rights here, yeah, we're not asking yeah, for the world. It goes, it goes back so many years, it's been yeah. so long. It's been yeah. so long. We all have these dark intentions to the black community and the police, yeah. and now we're here creating solutions. What, what was it like doing that, Ruben? We even get to hear the background stories of you know, police officers and actually touching to actually think like once that 
we're working for police about what we're doing. They generally think that, and it just shows you the difference. Do you know what you're offending? Because Javel said, Javel's brought um, a couple of friends to, to yeah. join us because they're, they're interested in doing it. Yeah. Um, especially the one that was totally anti police. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name, totally anti. Yeah. But, but the programs that we've written for the police, um, and we've got elevated aspirations now, and that's a police work experience program. It's so that the young people in schools can get the experiences that these young people are having. Sahara and Javel went to the forensics department and wow. spent a day there. And so in in the That's school, so cool. we, we had an aspirations day where loads of officers from various departments came in and offered them just, just an insight into their role. And the kids loved it. They were fantastic and they were so mm-hmm. positive afterwards. And an opportunity to experience all those different departments and hear information about it. Oh, but they don't even know that there are careers like that in the police and they didn't know until that day which is one of the big things that the young people are saying oh, it is what do you mean yeah, I, I was going to say I feel like it shouldn't just start within like teenagers I feel like it should go over look absolutely so, that, absolutely. Like, so from young you have that like bond with these as you're growing as well you need to understand the way certain things are what would you say to a young person who says, I hate police, I've never worked with them? Um, me personally, I'd say one thing that one thing that um, my mum's told me as well is never judge anything before you've tried it. Yeah. So like, like especially with a child as well, when you're a child, like anyone from like toddler years up to like when you're in the teenagers as well, especially like, with them saying that uh, they don't, they never want to be a police officer, they never want to like have some sort of a speed or talk with police officer like, I would just tell them you can't just sit judge that you each remember police it's not like police officers there's some sort of some monsters or there are animals that you, that shouldn't be treated right. That you need to still remember that they've got lives as well, they've got their feelings, they're still human. So for them I'd say I say that don't ever like just judge them straight away because they're police officer. Like, I tell them at least have at least speak to them and see because if they're coming off as aggressive, if you come aggressive to them and they come aggressive to you, that's no change. If they're coming aggressive to you and they see you're not being aggressive to them, and you're speaking calmly to them, then their attitude's gonna change. No matter what like anyone who anyone comes off aggressive and you're coming up calmly to them, they will yeah. stop being aggressive. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I'd like to know, what message would you want to give a young person who's struggling in school, who's maybe lost a bit of hope, who maybe the teachers don't believe in? Always believe in yourself. Never forget where you've come from, but don't let it hold you back either. Stay in the present, but also look forward to the future. And dream big. Don't think that anything's impossible. Like, Set yourself small goals. Don't let anything hold you back. So from the young person that teachers didn't believe in now could be off to Cambridge University. I think I trust your advice. Um, <laughs> what about you, um, Emmanuel? What do you think? I say to them that a struggle always pays off. The only thing that is enough for you is you believe in yourself. No matter if no one believes in you, just that thought that you believe. Yeah, I can do that. This is good enough for you. I know some people may have parents who don't even believe in them themselves. 
you just need a self-belief. But one thing that could also add on is that one thing I've seen online that a footballer has always said is that everyone has started off from the bottom and has made it to the top. So there's no one now that's who's like famous, who's successful. It's been handed out to them from their parents. That they worked to get to the level they are they're at now, and they struggle to get to what level they're at now. Every L that you take in secondary school shouldn't be considered as a loss, but as a learning curve and a way to come back better and stronger. Say, for example, like if you feel like you have no one to talk to, you, just always have that one bond with one teacher that you know you can fully trust that will actually listen to you. Just try to put your head down around through any circumstance and just work through it. School it's not for everyone. In my experience, I I I, I actually dreaded it out of that point. Especially towards the end when I got to the GCSEs and, and being under a lot of pressure and and maybe not even doing studying stuff that you actually care about or enjoy it. Find support in, in that way and if you push to have that support you get that support. Also don't let people define you by by grades. Don't let schooling get in the way of education. Education doesn't stop it now. It does not. not. Follow the things that you enjoy doing and the passions that you have. Enjoy the process. Don't drain yourself. Yeah. I say something. Yeah, of course. Um, I want to say something that Aristotle said as well about being dyslexic. Because even me myself, when I came to start second school, I was I'm also dyslexic. That also added on to why people basically thought I was gonna fail basically all my GCSEs. But when it comes to results, there in my head, I'm thinking, what if they were all right? Some teachers, not that they deliberately say, but they hint that you're possibly going to fail most of GCSE. It was in some of the classes, Ruben did hear some of the people saying that I'm probably going to fail most of the GCSEs as well. Basically, be like other family members who were like known to please as well. But once I opened the result and I've seen, oh, I passed basically most of them, the eight qualifications that I basically passed all of them, cool my own shit away. Just because my mum had believed in me, that was good enough. Also, my brother said, believe me as well, so that when I told you guys that they said I was going to fail, so that just that belief there, from coming from someone who's dyslexic as well, yeah. being able to pass the results that people were saying, I'm not going to pass because I'm dyslexic. I've got a lot of respect for you, being so honest. Doreen, I cannot not come to you. When I say to them, what is your dream? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, then... If they say I don't know, then I talk to them and ask them questions to find out what do they believe in themselves. What is it that's pushed you to give up? You know, it's asking them questions to make sure that they know what they're giving up on because you are a special person. Yesterday is not ours to recover, but tomorrow is ours to win or lose. Do not give up on yourself. Whatever happened in the past has happened. As long as you've learned something from it. If there's a young person who's given up on themselves, I always say, whatever's happened has happened. What have you learned from that? How are we going to move forward? 
You will never be given a dream. Never have a dream for yourself if you cannot do it. Guys, I just want to say thank you so much. I've learned so much from you, seriously. Just big love to you all, seriously. Big love to you. you. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I was so moved by these young people being so vulnerable in sharing their experiences and learned so much from them and Doreen. Elevated Minds runs the identity project for young people designed to build resilience, confidence and emotional intelligence. The leadership project actually also builds on the identity project. There is an accredited program for parents and carers having challenging conversations as well as a professional development program for school staff and key workers. For more information about Elevated Minds, see a link to the website in the description. Thank you for your support.